You see that moon up there, Jim? Thomas Perkins asked, almost tearful at the sight of the big, bright ball pervading every inch of his sight. Yep, sure do, Tom, Jim affirmed. But what's that matter? The moon's always there. That's my point. Look how big and bright it is tonight. It's like it's trying to torment me or something. Thomas was sure that the moon had hung itself in its grandiosity that night just to point out to him the perplexities of his life. It almost contained a bit of an azure glaze when he looked at it from certain angles. You really think that moon is there to torment you, Tom? That's the looniest thing I ever heard. The moon does not torment people. It's a moon. It's a giant body set in place to complement the earth and aid it in some ways. If anything, it torments earth when it gets out of its exact place. It kind of leaves where it's told to be and causes trouble for us with natural disasters. But it sure doesn't torment individual people. You might want to get your head examined, buddy. Jim Jones jokingly pointed to the body in question as he spoke, Tormenty's friend in mockery of the claim that he had made. Look, look, it's following you, Tom. It's following you, and it wants you to know something. It wants you to know that you are absolutely nuts. Think about it, Thomas snapped back at Jim, nearly poking the man with his finger as he spoke, much in the same manner that Jim had done when looking at the moon, but with no intention of mockery. It hangs there. Full, yellow, painted melancholy, like I am. Like it's showing me all the bad things in my life that make me not want to live anymore. Why is it on this day, this day of all days, that it looks like that? You tell me why. Okay, fine. You win. The moon decided to be like that, just for tonight, for you. It's that big and that bright, because you're going through so much pain. It's there to haunt you. Woohoo! It was done by ghosts or aliens. Or ghost aliens. Jim wanted to laugh, but he feared that his words were enough to invoke physical retaliation from Thomas. He'd gone too far, he knew, but he couldn't resist the urge to make it known just how foolish Thomas's tale of woes was, how little sense any of it made. The two of them were best friends, as close as any two of God's creatures could ever be. They had been that way since they were old enough to talk, their parents remaining just as close for many years prior. Now it seemed that everything was being thrown into question. Thomas was not sure that Jim was the friend that he'd always thought him to be. Thomas quickly brushed the short, sweaty locks of light brown hair that danced over the top of his forehead out of the way, having endured far too much of their itchy addition to anguish. Don't make fun of me, Jim. I'm not in the mood. I know this all sounds stupid, but come on! On the day that my girlfriend leaves me, the day that I lose the love of my life and don't know how to go on, the moon is the fullest I've ever seen it. It's sad looking, like me. Maybe it's not mocking me, I don't know. Maybe it feels my sadness and decided to display its commonness with me by looking as bad as I feel. Maybe it's hung there, one way or another, like that, just for me. Either way, I don't like it. Jim had a very puzzled look on his face, one of sheer consternation that evidenced his lack of surety of how to proceed. He had no idea what he was to say to Tom that wouldn't anger him further or risk damage of lifelong friendship. He realized in that moment that he too was feeling quite forlorn and overburdened. Sure, he had everything that Tom did not. A loving wife, a beautiful baby girl that was his entire reason for being, a lovely little home full of joy, and a job that, even though he didn't care much for it, provided everything that was needed in life. He had everything that Thomas Perkins did not have, and probably never would. Jim couldn't really feel what Thomas felt, 
but he never stopped to completely navigate the complexities of the pitfalls, tripping up every effort of his best friend. Jim sat down on a small mound of dirt behind him, holding his head in his hands as he attempted to find some words of comfort for Thomas. His thickened muscles swayed, pulsated, trembled as his chest heaved to and fro in desperation. He'd taken a deepened breath of bitter agony over his friend's sadness. He did not know if it was all made worse by the possibility that Tom might actually need a mental evaluation.